we've got action. FT Live, Braun, Kratz, and special guest insider Robert Murray joining us right now from Fansided to break down Trader Jerry at it again as the Mariners <laughs> were heavily criticized early this offseason for some of the money dumping that they made, but now they're starting to add on. So let's start with the news. Ken Rosenthal saying, source confirms from the uh, report from Jeff Passan that Robbie Ray goes from the Seattle Mariners to the San Francisco Giants. Mitch Hanniger, who is beloved in Seattle, is back with the Mariners. Anthony DiSclefani also goes to Seattle in that deal. And then you can see Ken saying they were working on a second trade and there's some money coming back. Uh, the second trade for the Mariners is they pick up Luke Rayleigh from the Tampa Bay Rays, who had a breakout 2023, and they give up infielder Jose Caballero to the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Now let's talk money for a moment and then we'll break it down. Andrew Baggerly covers the San Francisco Giants for the Athletic and said, interestingly, Robbie Ray had a no trade clause in 22-23 that converted to a $1 million trade assignment bonus in 2024. Jerry Depoto was like sitting there, like waiting. All right, I, I want to do it right away, but okay, I'm going to wait. Four days into that tr no trade clause turning into just a trade bonus, he pulls off the deal. What restraint for him? So Robbie Ray gets an extra million bucks to move to San Francisco. And then here's the money the Giants are sending about three million bucks to Seattle. That makes this trade cash neutral in 2024. Robbie Ray's salary, you can see there, 23 mil. Uh, 29 mil owed to Hanniger and DiSclefani in 24, and also Ray and Hanniger both are getting an extra million bucks. So that's where it all evens out, okay? Both teams shelling out $29 million for these respective players on their teams uh, in 2024. There's opt-outs and all kinds of crazy stuff after that. If Ray stays with San Francisco, they obviously take on more money for the years ahead. Okay, Robert Murray, you digest all of this Break down the deal. Winners, losers, does this help San Francisco? Did the Mariners improve themselves? What do you think? I, I think the Giants improved with this deal, but what it did for both teams is it gave them flexibility. And the Giants, in this deal, they end up getting a really talented left-handed pitcher who's a Cy Young Award winner a couple seasons ago. Obviously, he's coming off of the Tommy John, and he's not going to return until after the All-Star break. So there is absolutely risk, especially when you consider – that he's got potentially three years and $73 million left on his contract. But that being said, this was an opportunity for the Giants to acquire a really talented pitcher and part with a guy in Anthony DiScofani that they, they really did not see a role for him in the rotation in 2024. He basically fell out of the rotation last year, and Mitch Haniger was someone they signed early on last year, but... They could, I, I think it allows them to try to improve the outfield in a, in a couple different ways, whether it's via a big free agent in Cody Bellinger or if they can end up doing something via, via trade or something. For the Mariners, it gets rid of that three-year $73 million contract with Robbie Ray, which is consistent with what they've done throughout the offseason in terms of shedding salary. And they add a player in Hanager who is absolutely beloved by that fan base in Seattle. And it makes you wonder. They part with a, a left-handed pitcher now. They shed that big salary. Obviously, they take some on in the trade. And I think if when you add up all the salaries, they may have added a little bit more money. But it makes you wonder. Jerry DePoto, you always got to expect the unexpected with him. Does it possibly make a guy like Blake Snell, who, mind you, is from Seattle, does it make him an option? 
I, I don't know. I can't say I've heard. I got to imagine it's unlikely, but with DePoto, you expect the unexpected, and that would really be unexpected. I can see the logic for it for both sides. I really like it for the Giants, though, in terms of the upside and getting Robbie Ray. And it also, something that someone in San Francisco described to me, is it opens up another spot in the 40-man roster for them. So once they add another player, and it seems like that's a matter of a when, uh, the Giants are very aggressive on the market, let me tell you. Um, they will not have to designate someone for a sign-up, which I think was really important for Farhan in this deal, and it just gives them some flexibility going forward. I like that part of it that you said. There's so much that Scott said that you said, and I got so many ideas, so I'm going to miss some because I didn't write them down. But I completely agree. It opens up something in the outfield. There's like one or two outfielders left on the free agent market. Just saying. The Giants did not, though, accomplish what the Giants needed. The Giants needed a star. The Giants clearly do not care about money. They are willing to take a injured player. It's Tommy John surgery. It's not its shoulder or anything like that. So the Giants did what they can do, not what they needed to do. The Giants can take on money for the 25-26 season in $50 million. They can take on any – they're offering everybody money. So they, what they need still is a star. Maybe this opens up. Maybe Cody Bellinger can play right field. Maybe they can move – somebody out of center field to play right field and Cody can play center field. So this is what, that's what they need to do. What they can do is take on money. The Mariners, to me, they traded away from the depth, extreme depth. Maybe the best depth of any team in baseball is their pitching. And if you're asking for somebody to come back and have success at a team, you're going to ask a pitcher like Anthony DiSclefani, to go to the Mariners, to go to the Dodgers, to go to the Rays. All those guys, all those teams, you give them pitchers, and all of a sudden they become what they were or what they, you know, their, their best self. But the mm -hmm. best part of all of this is that Mitch Hanniger gets to go back to Seattle. Is he going to be the Mitch Hanniger that – the reason Seattle fell in love with him, the all-star, the guy that had 30, I think 37 or 39 home runs, 100 stakes just in 2021, I don't know. But I know for a fact that as a player, you sit there and you go, in the offseason, right now you are at your peak strength, you are hitting every day, you are throwing, you are ready to go. And if Mitch Hanniger's issues – his last year in Seattle to then in San Francisco were something mechanical, something health related. And he goes back to Seattle and does even close to what he did because he's still only 33. You're not signing him to be a 37 year old veteran who was six years away from being a 39 and 100 guy. This could be a huge pickup in an area that they need. They need offense. I don't know that it is definitely doing something, but there could be some extreme upsides here, and I, I like it for them. No, I, I like it for them too. Like The, the Hanniger fit for them, it's seamless, and they know exactly what they're getting there in Hanniger because he was there for so long and he was so successful. And I, I totally agree with you. I will say the one part that I feel really bad about for Hanniger and also Tom Murphy is Tom Murphy said as soon as he signed with the Giants that he was reunited or that he was excited to be reunited with one of his best friends in Mitch Hanniger. 
well now i mean hanniger's back in in seattle so we're back to square one for those guys so uh poor guys there but but anyways like i i think it makes a lot of sense for the mariners in terms of getting rid of that salary and adding some pieces in offense because they absolutely as you said they needed offense i can't expect that they're going to be done and i I still, to me, if I'm looking at the Mariners, I, I would look at third base as a spot that they should really try to upgrade. And there's no real clear options for them, at least in terms of free agency. Yes, I, I know Matt Chapman's available, but I don't anticipate that being a thing. But I would not feel comfortable going into the season with Luis Urias as their everyday third baseman because he was supposed to be the guy in San Diego. He's supposed to be the guy in Milwaukee and in well, they, Boston acquired him last year and they moved him immediately. So if I was the Mariners, that'd be the first spot on offense that I would try to address and just keep trying to improve that. And I, and going back to the Giants and your original point, Eric, is they like they want a star. They need a star. And I think this is going to end up being the offseason that they're going to end up getting one of those stars. And and who it's, who it's going to end up being, I don't necessarily know, but I think there's a very decent chance it's going to end up being one of the top four Boris guys in terms of a Blake Snell or a Cody Bellinger or a Matt Chapman or a Jordan Montgomery. I think one of those four will most likely end up in San Francisco. And I still think, let's say they get one of one of those offensive guys in terms of Bellinger or Chapman. Do they then go out and get an Imanaga, who's going to be about $100 million to improve the rotation? I think that's absolutely something that could and should be in play because clearly they have money. They want to spend. They want stars. This is the offseason where I think it's going to be the most realistic and they won't be the uh, the bridesmaid instead of the bride in this case. That's that's my feel, and I think that's their hope as well. I think the Giants won this trade, guys. Robbie Ray is not too far removed from a Cy Young season. I still think he could come back from Tommy John surgery. It's not damage good. Tommy John is just like run of the mill. Okay, he, got, he had his year off, right? Now he's back in the second half of the season, and I think there's no chance Blake Snell signs with the Mariners. I think people have to really read into what's going on with the Seattle financial situation or what's going on in their heads, at least that they think that their profits are going to lessen a little bit, that they have to split with their ownership group. Cause they're worried that Xfinity moved their, their channel for next season to a more premium channel and that people will start unsubscribing from it. Okay. That's what's going on. And that's why Seattle is cutting payroll or kind of keeping it in the same range. They're not going to suddenly add, like you said, a Matt Chapman, they're not adding a Blake Snell. I think the Giants could go out there out of Blake Snell, and all of a sudden we're looking at the rotation and feeling much better about things. Cobb coming back, Ray coming back at one point. Logan Webb is one of the best pitchers in the National League. So I think you're starting to build a rotation that, in my mind, was a disaster in the second half of the season. It was two-ish dudes and then mixing and matching. On the offensive side, you look at their outfield. It's not great, but they brought in Jung-Hoo Lee, who they think is going to be a star. They're paying him like a star. Conforto's still there. Could be a little better. Another year removed from shoulder surgery. Heliot Ramos has been in that system, it feels like, forever, but has potential. Luis Matos, I think, still could be a really good player. He's, he's one of their better prospects. And Yaz is there as kind of a, a mix-and-match fourth outfielder. I could see them maybe like going for a Jorge Soler, who can't be held back by any ballpark, some, something like that in terms of an impact bat. Mitch Hanniger's had so many injuries in his career. He's only played like 120 games in the past couple seasons. He's 33 years old. Uh, and then Anthony DiScalfani is not really moving the needle for me. It's like pitching depth for the Mariners. I know they didn't need Robbie Ray, but in my mind, I think they're just kind of reshuffling chairs a little bit. I don't think their offense is 
significantly better um, than it was last season. In fact, I think it's kind of the same. I think Garver and Hanniger, both significant injury concerns, both have upside. So I think the Giants are the ones that actually got a potential number two starting pitcher that you would trust in a playoff game. So that's how I'm looking at it at the moment. I think the Giants made a nice move here. Robert, you know this because you're talking to teams all the time. The price of starting pitching is insane. Robbie Ray, if he comes back and is even 80% of himself, is a bargain on that contract, right? No, absolutely. And I even I even had someone, as soon as this trade ended up being announced and being finalized, someone texted me that I trust wholeheartedly said that acquiring Ray for this acquisition cost is almost impossible. And it was, it was a no brainer deal for the giants, especially if he, if Ray ends up being healthy after the all-star break and ends up looking like a possible number two guy in the rotation. And if you're looking at the rotation, having Logan Webb, then you have Robbie Ray. And I'll tell you the guy that that we should really keep an eye on here is Kyle Harrison. Harrison is going to end up being someone who is going to be a prominent figure in that rotation. I know that like there's been tons of trade rumors surrounding Harrison for some reason, like for the Giants and their search for, for offensive help. I like that to me, they're, they're, they're not trading Harrison. I want to like make that abundantly clear. I know that there was reports about it. Like it's not coming from me. I want to make that really clear here, uh, but they're not trading Harrison. He's going to end up being the guy. And to me, he's going to end up being a superstar. If you have those three guys in the rotation, in 2024 and possibly beyond if Ray doesn't opt out of his contract, then that's a really strong rotation. You put um, other players around them in the rotation and especially build up the offense. You get a Matt Chapman or you get a Cody Bellinger and you surround them with other pieces as well. You have the makings of a really good team. And something that another person in San Francisco reminded me about is they only finished five games under uh, or five games or five wins under the Diamondbacks last year. If they end up improving one win more per month, that puts them in the postseason. So internally, I don't think the Giants feel that they're that far off, but they're still going to end up trying to really improve this roster the remainder of the offseason to really position them or position position themselves for a postseason run and to try to compete for the Dodgers when it comes time to play in October. Blake Snell and Matt Chapman, Eric Kratz to the Giants. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe a Solaire combo too if you're looking for pop, but I would think Farhan likes to mix and match with his DH. But, you know, some people in the chat, like, what about Matt Chapman there? And Blake Snell? And you added Robbie Ray with the potential that he has? I like Matt Chapman better because as much as Solaire can hit him out of Yosemite Park, if you sure up your defense and you add a guy like Blake Snell who doesn't need a lot of defense, he strikes his guys out or he walks them, you always need defense the other 130 games of the season. But – is are why are we talking about starting pitching with the Giants? Like, is did they not have any starting pitchers last year because none of them were good enough, or because they don't believe in starting pitchers? Both. So Both. which is it? <laughs> Both. Uh, but but still, they needed a better rotation. Even if you went on the more traditional route, I mean, that wasn't a playoff rotation by any means that they had last season, right? Who the Giants? No. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's Logan Webb and Alex Cobb's going to give you what he can give you. But, but again, though, like if if Robbie Ray, like there's a lot of ifs here. Like you said, eighty percent of Robbie Ray. Eighty. I'm, I'm just saying, if 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 Robbie, I'm not saying he's going to be the Cy Young season Robbie Ray, but I also don't think he's a four or a five, right? Like I think 
he projects still as as an upper echelon starting pitcher if his stuff is back after TJ. Because yeah. because he made an adjustment and now he's a new pitcher, or that one season was it was not what 2018 393, 2019 434, 2020. I mean, it was 12 starts, six six two. Four seven nine and twenty one. Those are his ERAs. I'm not not using ERA. Yeah, plus. but it's a high upside guy. You got to you you, you got to pay for that. Uh, I, I yeah, think it's they're worth taking the a risk. big swing. Yeah, but he yeah, never did taking that a big in, swing. He never did that in San Francisco. Mitch Haniger, high upside dude had thirty nine pumps in Seattle, hitting right handed in Seattle. I it, yeah, you do that. There's been very few, very few yeah. guys who oh, do absolutely. that well, and he's done it. So something mm-hmm. to- tells you San Francisco, it's tough to, tough to score runs. Or maybe Mitch has been hurt. We, we don't know. Yeah, we don't In know. But I'll tell playing, you. Playing through injuries. Exactly. Yeah, and like the Giants, they had to do something in terms of the rotation. And like obviously to me, giving up Hanniger, like he's a meaningful piece. Like he's a good piece. It's not like they just, as, as we're saying, like he's a really good offensive bat, especially if he's healthy. Um, he can really improve the Mariners lineup, but giving him up to me for San Francisco, obviously they had to improve the rotation because what they had last year, they were piecing it together with a lot of, they had openers and there was a lot of different frustration there with like Alex Wood and some of the other guys with just how they were being utilized. And they had to do something to, to make that rotation more of a strength, especially come postseason time. And this was a this was an upside swing. It absolutely was. Like, there's risk. There's always risk, especially with guys coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, but they they think that Scott's right. Like that, it's going to end up being a case of when he returns, it's going to end up being he can end up being an, an upper echelon guy for them. They can be a number two behind Webb and really provide another veteran alongside Webb and, and Harrison and some of the other guys. I think that's a, that's a move they had to do. There was absolutely risk, especially considering the Ray injury history and, and Hanniger's success previously. Um, but if it, if I was far on Zaidi, I would have done that deal. I think it was a really smart move for them. It was risky, but I think they had to do it. All right. I don't want it to get it twisted here. We are a baseball show, but the fact that all of this, we're just discussing it, this is the Mariners shedding more and more money. And it needs to be just like the, like, Drop the mic. They shed $50 million. So Mariners fans, if you're not going to subscribe to the extra, extra platinum package that they're asking you to subscribe (laughs) to, you're right. Because they're not trying to do that. And I feel bad for Julio unless something changes because that is an awesome place to play. And they're they're significantly lower than last time when they were trying. And and it's – Inflation. The years go up. You're supposed to spend more top 10 attendance. The team is thriving financially. Sure, you're going to miss a little money on the TV side. It's just a team that's trying to keep their profits in check. And it's a huge disappointment for me. And t- unless there is way more, way, way more to all of this. And I will say this too, just real quick. I like Luke Rayleigh. Like, I think he had a nice season. Um, the Rays and Mariners have to make a trade every month. So he had a big first half. He did cool off in the second half. I think he'll be a guy that you can platoon here and there against right-handed pitching. Um, and if he's not overexposed, he's he's a nice piece. They they also said, we have to remake our lineup. We have three guys and then six easy outs. And I think they are improving on that front. I just think there, there's definitely risk, right? Like Mitch Garver was a number three hitter on the World Series winning team. I like his bat a ton. And you know, we talked about him earlier this week on FT Live. It's just 
you know, maybe one of those will hit, you know, in terms of the injury risk of Garver and Hanniger and all that. I just, I thought this offseason was where they were going to swing big, acquire a couple really big bats like a Juan Soto in a trade, which they easily could have pulled off and outbid the Yankees. And that's not going to happen. So I think they'll marginally improve, but are they better than the Rangers? No. Are they better than the Astros? No. I freaking love their pitching staff, but it's just not enough for me right now. And I think every trade has money in mind for them and not how are we going to get ep- exponentially better? Mm-hmm. That's me. 54% no, I told, better. I, I was just about to say it. I was just about to say it. Like the writing was on we the wall. almost went 20 minutes. For, <laughs> without the, the writing was on the wall for this kind of an offseason when the 54% comment was made. And it's just, it was really, it was really unfortunate. And like they should, if I was the Mariners with having that young talent in the pitching staff, having Julio and having him sign long-term, that was like the best time for them to go for it. And mm-hmm. instead they've shed salary and then they've added Mitch Garver and now uh, Mitch Hanniger. They've got the market cornered on guys named Mitch evidently. So I mean, they got that <laughs> going uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the Mariners to me, I don't know how much longer they can go with this. And it's, it's really confusing to me how it's just Jerry Apoto is either going all in and then he sold off the pieces. He's built up the farm system and then he's built or he's traded those players for major league players. And it's basically been a rinse, wash and repeat kind of a thing for them. They've been constantly rebuilding <laughs> and trying to retool this thing. And they've gotten absolutely nowhere in terms of the postseason. I, I would be really frustrated if I was a Mariners fan. It would get old real quick, especially after the 54 percent comment. Obviously, that that irked Mariners players and irked Mariners people and rightfully so. Um, just not good. And I feel bad for that fan base. And. They deserve better than that because it's an awesome place yeah. to play. They're good, not great. So a lot of offseason to go. We'll see what happens. But I don't think they're suddenly going to start spending money. The Giants are. That's what I think. I think they'll keep adding money. So I feel bad uh, for Seattle's ownership. They're just they're they're just scraping by. It's probably a tough Christmas. Yeah, and it's expensive to <laughs> maintain boats. Yachts are expensive, dude. Expensive. That's the main the main lesson to be learned here. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, thanks for hopping on with us, dude. Always great to see you. Um, and, and keep doing your thing, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. You guys are the best. And Eric, always great seeing you, my man. You're, you're the best. Yes. I appreciate all you've done for me. Ooh, <laughs> you're the best, kid. Good to see you. FT Live every weekday, 1 to 3 Eastern. We'll break down this trade a little bit more on Monday with Krasinski. I'm sure he'll have you know a little bit to say. So thanks, FT fam. See everyone soon. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, For a $1,500 first bet offer, download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.